Teach Me How To Love You Better is here with a very interesting lesson today. Fresh off of Feels Like I'm Cheating with Latrice Sampson Richards comes a lesson conversation that deals with a personality issue, a disorder even, often confused for confidence, stock value, or reverence to immense talents and capabilities. That's right, people, the N-word. And no, not that N-word, but another N-word, narcissism. Today, we talk about men who are inflated with themselves and the women who are made to feel lucky to be chosen by them. Today's lesson is given to us by one of my favorite conversationalists, AJ, also known as Badass Jones of the Poom Poom Chronicles podcast. AJ and BJ discuss the misfortunes of women who deal with men who are full of shit. No, oh, excuse me, full of themselves and how they prey on women like you, the one working on self goals credit weight and confidence and these men sweep you off of feet that you were barely standing on before they decided to derail you and by the time they are finished wreaking havoc you will question everything about yourself and your process going forward as well as everything about the man you truly deserve when he shows up after the smoke clears so we give this n-word an identity so that you can start to raise the red flags and notice these pieces of work when they show up so ladies support your sister fellas sit back and shut the hell up because there's a possibility that you will run into a narcissist and will need the support and awareness of those around you to protect your best interests because they are on the prowl welcome to the n-word featuring aj badass jones on teach me how to love you better Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with a brand new lesson, and I'm excited, y'all. Like, I don't know why <laughs> I'm like super excited because this is somebody. This is somebody I really talk to every day, like in one way, shape, or form. Like, we talk about everything from culture to politics to fuck shit to <laughs> like we literally talk about everything, and you know it's. I think that like one of the joys of doing what I do is um, we had a very unfortunate situation that actually brought us to the point that we are now. Um, we had to definitely have a very tough conversation and out of that conversation, um, it brought us here. So I don't know why I'm always like super, super excited when this person like pops up because she pop up every day. But <laughs> like a bad rash no <laughs> right right but we have badass jones here Woo-hoo. from the poom poom chronicles podcast and webcast because it does have both web and audio and we have her here on teach me how to love you better what's going on with you me just there me just there me just there what's up Juan? <laughs> <laughs> you know how to give you a little patois <laughs> yeah i love it i love it <laughs> it's funny when i was listening to you say that we talk every day it's 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 interesting like our relationship because sometimes it'll be like 
you know, you'll just message me, be like, AJ. And I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong? And you're like, <laughs> just sending some love or like, same thing with me. Like I'll, you know, throw, do like a drive-by throw of hello and hearts yep. and, you know, just checking in and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, yeah. we forged definitely a beautiful connection out of, Absolutely. Know. Yeah. Um, I think like that is a part of this whole process for me too, is to um definitely change the way in which we perceive people when we come in contact because i mean like it it could have easily been a situation where we have this conversation and it's like all right you go your way and i go mine but i think like when we decide to share energy and to keep these type of things going it definitely shows a much better perspective without even you knowing how difficult it was to get here you know because it's it's just so much going on in the world to where you really can't trust the people that unfortunately you haven't physically met or seen, you know, with your two eyes, we still haven't physically met each other, but, um, that hasn't hindered the closeness. So, um, I'm just super excited to, you know, pick your brain again, because you are the first returning guest to uh, teach me how to love you better as well. So you the, you know, only person right now that has doubled back to, have a conversation and it's a good one that we're going yes. to have yes and you get to show your personality you know and oh lord i don't think i manage all that <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun but um of course you know stating that you are a returning guest the show is going to be slightly different this time around i would like to introduce to the listeners a brand new question for the returning guest this is going to be consistent for whoever decides to come back because um, we did get her initial answer to the standard question on the previous episode, which was fetishes. Um, I believe that was lesson seven. Mm-hmm. So um, you can definitely hear, you know, how she answered what we typically ask every woman that comes on the show. But today we're going to introduce a new question. And of course, when I ask this question, I'm going to be completely silent. Um, she gets to get it out, speak how she speaks cuss yell however she wants to express herself (laughs) and then we're going to also introduce a new segment which is called the love language barrier breaker right Mm -hmm. so we're going to have some fun today this is where aj suggests ways around the issues between people not knowing how to understand their partner's language and possibly considering one of the other languages that your partner may not be fluent in to make the connection stronger so this is going to be me testing out these new things on you. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm the guinea pig. <laughs> right, right. Of course. All right, that's all right. I'm good with that. All right. So um, just tell me, just to kind of get into the um, the small conversation aspect of what we do here. Tell me how much since the last time we recorded has your views on men changed? if it has at all like what is the most intricate difference that you've seen in men since the last time we spoke and i don't know what that was what conversation was that that we last did because it was on your show we mm-hmm. talked about we talked about predatory behaviors of women with younger yeah, men right mm-hmm. right right so what has changed since the last time you and i spoke on air uh it's interesting that you're asking this question um because with the um, the movement that is, is happening right now, not necessarily just around 
Black Lives Matter, but Black people mobilizing. Um, there's been a lot more men I've noticed who are making apologies to Black women for mm. their behaviors towards Black women, for their lack of support, for their lack of protection, for the sometimes dehumanizing ways in which Black women are treated by Black men, for the sometimes callous ways that Black women are treated by Black men, for the sometimes unloving and inconsiderate ways that Black women are treated by Black men. I'm noticing a lot of public apologies. Um, I don't know how much work is being done behind the scenes, but I, I'm, I'm taking faith that the apologies are not just public, that these are um, strides that they're trying to make in their lives as well where they're manifesting physically and mentally and emotionally as well. And interestingly enough, there was a, there was a post that a woman had made and I reposted it um, basically saying that this, this wasn't the time for this sort of divisive commentary. So basically she had posted that, you know, black women support black men, even though, you know, you guys don't want us, you prefer your white women over us, but we still love you and support you. And I reposted it and I, my comment was like the, it, that that kind of language isn't necessary. Not every black man chooses a white woman once they've come up. Not every black man chooses a white woman because they think that black women are too loud or too aggressive. That, that was part of what she said as well. Even though you guys don't love us because we're too loud and too aggressive or whatever. <clears throat> and I actually got checked by one of my friends, a black male. And he said to me, Take your titty out of their mouths and stop coddling these niggas. Mm. And I said, what? He's like, he's like, AJ, I love you, but you're always, and this is a black man saying this to me. You're always in defense of these black men that don't treat black women well. They don't support black women. They don't protect black women. And he went off on a tent. It's like, you're always coddling them. And I said to him, that may well be, but I'm raising a young black man. So I have to believe that Black men can do better and they will do better. Even if that is by me as a Black woman, not getting the respect that I deserve from Black men of my own age, teaching my young Black son, a young Black king, to do better by Black women. In loving his sister, in loving his mother, in loving his aunt, in loving his grandmother and his great-grandmother and every Black female friend that he has in being respectful to the elderly woman that he sees walking and struggling with her groceries to go to her and say, ma'am, can I help you? And picking up her bags for her and walking with her to where she needs to be for holding a door for a black woman. And when she says, thank you, you say you're welcome. And even if she doesn't say thank you, you still hold the door and you don't have anything rude to say back. I have to believe that black men can do better because I'm raising a black man. Mm. And not just by myself, his father is proactively involved in his life. So he is helping to raise a young king as well. I have to believe that black men can do better because his father, their father was one of those black men. And he realized that after conversation that he and I had, and he has, he has done better. He has made improvements. So ha I have to believe that black men can do better. BJ and having constant conversation with you, you know, and, and the things that you, you have struggled with and, and the, the dialogue that you have with women about helping black men to learn how to love black women better. I have to believe that black men can do better. And so when someone says to me, 
pop your titty out of his mouth or out of their mouth and stop coddling those niggers. I don't feel like it's coddling. I feel like it's helping to re-educate them and continuing to support them so that they can do better, even if not for themselves, for the generations that come after them. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful. I really see a change in men now too in another, a completely different way is because a lot of us are being energized by fear. Mm. And um, the the act of terror that has been um, inflicted upon us within the last few months of this year and the um, dehumanizing and all of the things that we're seeing as we are continually being peaceful, you know, um, a lot of us are being energized by fear and a lot of us are scared that in this process of being attacked and being weaponized by our skin like we feel as though um the oppressor or the person that's violating us is going to come for what we love the most and that is our families that is our women that's our children um those those backbones to our livelihoods and those areas of ourselves that we know are the most positive or the Mm -hmm. most godly um that we have as our own so like we see it as um our peace is now being attacked or our connection to god is being um tampered with and now that's making us very defensive about Mm -hmm. our women and maybe that is the apology that we don't realize that we are making in a lot of the actions that we're taking to change or to to elevate um, mentally so i definitely see it i definitely am proud of it i think that if we all played a significant part to the appreciation and the protection of our women it would definitely shift the way in which they feel and behave within themselves because i know that even in the protection that they're receiving now they're still questioning it is it real you know is it yes. solely based upon um, what is going on in the world or is this really who you're going to be 24 7 365 for the entire duration of you know black existence so i i do still see the small resistance but i mean we're getting there we're trying our best to get there and hopefully um this this unity and this compassion for one another sticks but you're absolutely right we do have a generation that is uh, completely innocent of our mistakes that we mm-hmm. still have to be accountable for. So um, that was a very powerful statement. Um, Wow. That got off to a serious point. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is what happens when time you ask me things. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're just going to get into um, letting you introduce yourself to those that may not have um, heard of you from the previous episode. Just give them an idea who you are, what you do, and everything that you have going on as a black woman creative. Well, I am uh, AJ Badass Jones. I am the host of the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. Um, there are audio and video episodes streaming on all platforms, uh, including a YouTube channel. Um, I am a sexual content creator, and the primary premise of my podcast is sex, love, intimacy, relationships, and everything in between. 
Um, I do solo episodes called The Love Jones, where I answer listener questions. And, you know, because sometimes people don't want to be right up in the forefront and, you know, broadcast their things. So they'll (laughs) send stuff in for me to answer, which I do. And then I also have a number of different guests on and, you know, we tackle all kinds of topics. Um, I also have a Patreon site, which has more exclusive intimate content <laughs> i don't know why are you laughing though <laughs> you know it's one and two different things there's audio and video peep shows there's you know some some different kind of things for you to partake in um i feel like i need a drink after saying that it's <laughs> bj that laugh in the background <laughs> but um you can find me on my social media the pum pum chronicles um podcast on instagram and twitter and if you're interested in following my personal page where there's some you know more flirtatious things that is badass underscore jones underscore i you know i i laughed because um i'm at a point now where i'm trying to learn new ways of support right mm-hmm. and what's what's becoming tricky is i know that in order for me to grow as a creative myself i have to you know definitely show the same love and support for others that i expect to receive but there is a a very difficult thought process that you know of course i'm going to talk about here so that you can understand my true intent as a man to be respectful like with you having sexual content it's difficult for me to like in my mind sign up for the patreon for the mere reason of support because i look at you as like the big sister oh for sure so to have like so i can't it's almost like (laughs) the reason why i can't just jump to subscribing is because i know that i may see something that will distract yeah that would distract (laughs) me from the relationship so that's why i laugh because i should be able to do so without that even being a thought but it's a thought because i respect you so much you know so that's what made me giggle because it made me kind of look at myself like so how do you fix this you know like like what do you do (laughs) but it's funny because i remember asking your opinion about one of them and i was like i i wrestled with it i'm like i need to send this to bj because i need to know but then I was like, "Is it gonna be like? Is it gonna be weird for him to listen to, <laughs> to oh, hear you know me?" What? I totally forgot about that. We did mm-hmm. have wow, and and it but, didn't bother me. No, but your your responses were far more limited than if I was to send you like a regular audio clip. Or if I was to say, BJ, listen, can you listen to this episode? Because I remember once I'd, I'd recorded something and there was like a double back and there was an echo. And so you were like, yeah, la, 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 and you gave me like all this feedback. And then we had like a conversation about it with the clip that I sent you. Your answer was just, yeah, it's great. Like, oh, my God, like, that's wonderful. And and then we just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, boy, OK, let's just move on to this to the next right. thing but yeah no i get it i absolutely believe me i absolutely get it i know there, there are a few people that i know like that that they're they're struggling with it because it's like like this is aj like aj's my right, boy right. you know what i mean like aj's fam like so it's you know i, I completely get it i do i'm gonna so, put out merch which will make it easier for every <laughs> make it easier right, for right, everybody right. yeah because i was wondering like how does that because it's not even so much that i have a problem with like seeing the content because I can definitely, you know, separate myself from the content. It's just mm-hmm. that I was wondering like, well, how would she feel 
to know like, oh, well, BJ is on this particular tier that mm-hmm. shows this, 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 and this. And it's like, is he a creep? You know like, <laughs> Okay, so let's just put it out there. I already know you're a creep. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, it wouldn't I wouldn't be thinking like you know, now I can't say hi to you because, like, is he going to take the high as, like, it wasn't before where I'd, like, say, hey, BJ, and sing sing my song for right, you? Right. You know what I mean? Like, no, that that would never, that would never shift in my mind. Like, I honestly would just think, like, it's just, it's support. You love me. You're trying to see me do better. And, and that's it. And I feel like if, if that kind of stuff that I put out inspires something to happen that has nothing to do with me, you know what I mean? Like, because I've, I've had people say to me, like, just even outside of Patreon, like, you know, certain things like that I they've seen, like pictures on my page or whatever, it inspires certain reactions from their body. And then they're, you know, it, it, it encourages interactions with their significant other. And I'm like, but mm. how? They're like, well, it's like if I was to watch porn and get aroused and then go do X, Y, Z with my wife, my girlfriend, my whomever... It's kind of the same thing without it being as explicit. And I was like, okay, well, you know, shit. Oh, that's a dope way to look at it. Yeah, if, okay. if it if okay. it helps you get there, you know, I just don't want to know that you're thinking about me. But yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> by all means. <laughs> okay. Um, so that is that is something I'm going to sit on and I'm going to figure out a, a way to take my, you know, my analytics out of it just for the mere fact that we got to support you for being a black woman and also a black business as well. So we're going to work on that later. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get into the show. And again, mm-hmm. for you guys that are listening, this is teach me how to love you better, which is a conversation piece that comes from a man directly to a woman on ways in which we can definitely do better by the women in our lives, our communities, our families, and etc. So um, I'm going to pose this brand new question. Um, for those of you that have not been introduced to the original question, go back to episode seven, I believe, which is called Fetishes, which also features um, Badass Jones on that particular conversation as well. And you'll understand why um, I choose to continually talk to her because she definitely taught me a lot about the BBW culture and the plus size, you know, imagery and the, I guess the, the world that that is you know it's not just discrimination there's so many other layers to um that that we're going to continually talk about as well but i'm going to pose the second question and when i ask her this question i'm going to be completely silent and i am not to speak until she says okay bj you can speak now and based on whatever it is that she says in this statement i get to ask a few small questions after she gets her thoughts out and then we'll go into the topic for today's conversation so are you ready for the question i is all right all right so as a woman who has let a man in what is the way to stay inside of her head her heart her good graces and her vagina and whatever that is explain why i think for me the most important thing is allowing me continued space to be myself um 
I find a lot of times when we as women get into relationships, <clears throat> there's this notion that we have to somehow love a man harder in order for him to love us a little bit. That there's this notion that we somehow have to change and adapt and, you know, concede to being a particular type of way that will make him happy so that he will continue to make us happy. And I feel as women, we need to do, to do away with that thought process. Um, relationships are supposed to be a meeting of the minds. They're supposed to be a meeting of the emotions. They're supposed to be, you know, not just the physical meeting of the genitals, but it's supposed to be a meeting on all levels where you're meeting in the middle and where a thing called compromise exists. And I feel for a lot of women, because we're so invested in keeping a man happy and keeping a man, period, we make a lot of concessions that end up harming us and we end up losing part of ourselves. So for me, the most important thing in being in a relationship with a man is being able to maintain who I am and to not have him feel threatened by that. Because the person that you fell in love with, that person is still me. And that person shouldn't necessarily have to change because we're now in a relationship. I don't know when that happens or why that happens, but oftentimes it does happen. Too often it happens. It's like, now you're with me, so you need to become something else. So whereas before you were more provocative, you need to be less provocative now but you don't have a reason to do that because you're with me my being provocative has nothing to do with anybody but me my being sexually outward has nothing to do with anyone but me and even though i am more sexually forward than a lot of people more sexually out there and more provocative it does not mean that my sexuality is for everyone it does not mean that i engage with everyone that way and that has nothing to do with anybody that I'm in a relationship that has with that has everything to do with the relationship I have with myself. So I think that it's really important for men to and I don't want to say allow because allow is even the wrong word, but maybe it's important for men to support the woman that they fell in love with and to continue to to support who she is as being the woman or the person that you fell in love with. Um, you know, they always say that if you stimulate a woman's mind, everything else will follow. And I truly believe that because if she doesn't feel like the conversations are meaningful, if she doesn't feel like the communication is actually communicative, if she doesn't feel like she is being understood, if she doesn't feel like she is being heard, if she doesn't feel like she's being validated and so on and so on, everything else falls apart. And what ends up happening is that she will start to look for that validation, that communication, that support, that mental stimulation in someone else. For us, most of it starts in our minds. Most of it starts in our emotions. And then our pom-poms get wet, you know? So the, the least of any man's concern should be being able to stay in a woman's vagina. Because if you're stimulating her heart, if you're stimulating her mental, trust me, she will give you all the physical love that you need and then some. But like I said, a lot of men get sidetracked with, well, she's mine now. I don't want anyone else to. And 
Nobody belongs to you. There's not a single person that belongs to you except yourself. And, and you shouldn't be trying to control the woman that you're with. You should be trying to love and support the woman that you're with so she can be a better version of herself every day for herself so that she can give that better version of herself to you. BJ. <laughs> that was dope. That was super dope. <laughs> All right. So um, interesting enough like the the stimulation of the mind and all of those different things is going to kind of lead us into the new segment called the love language barrier breaker and this is a segment i came up with because some of the things your partner may like is not your personal expertise or even interest at all and sometimes like she was saying in the the part where she answered the question is that the least of your actual worry should be the physical in the relationship because if you're doing the part of mental and you know vocal stimulation talking to her head and heart and staying within those good graces everything else will kind of fall in place but that's difficult for a man to understand and what most will tell you is that you have to respond to your partner in the way that they like to be attended to which sometimes is not your language so what we're going to do is we're going to ask five quick questions about the love language of physical touch because what we want to kind of incorporate in this conversation is how you can be stimulating without actually using your hands um and that will kind of take us into the the topic so learning the languages together can possibly create a new language for you too as a couple and possibly break the barrier of disconnection so going to ask you five quick questions and you just give me whatever comes off the top of your head. Okay. Okay. All right. So question number one is how do you touch a woman without your hands that she can still feel physically? Kiss her on the forehead. Kiss her on the cheek. Kiss okay. her on the shoulder. Okay. 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 Number two, as a man who is not affectionate, what ways can you be creative with the other languages outside of physical touch that make her feel physically stimulated? If you are someone who's into writing, write her something. It doesn't have to be elaborate or eloquent, but if it's something that's solely meant for her, it could be a haiku. It could be on a small piece of paper where you write, I was thinking about you, I just wanted you to know, and you physically give that to her. Listen to me. Okay. For okay. <laughs> All right. That was dope. All right. Number three is if a man is not affectionate, but extremely sexual, does this ever appear to be some type of disorder or complex? I don't believe so, but he also has to be open to learning to not be super sexual and maybe learn how to be intimate instead. Okay. Okay. Number four is in the event of not having a man's touch and having to touch yourself, in what ways do these love languages work when a woman is single and fully responsible for her happiness and physical interaction? Unlearning the scripted erogenous zones and learning your own erogenous zones mm. Mm. all right so how do you do that okay so <laughs> i okay so we'll take me as an example um i have learned okay so the erogenous zones for women are typically the nipples the clit the neck the earlobes you know mm -hmm. um so trying pressure points so it could be something as simple as you know, massaging your own feet okay. and finding where the pressure points are 
on your own feet. Because a lot of times if you give a woman a really good foot massage, it like those stimulations end up in her vagina. Like they just do. (laughs) Because all of your nerve endings end in your feet. So if you don't know where your pressure points are, it's hard hard to guide and direct someone. Kind of like trying to guide and direct someone to finding the clit. Mm. So it's something as simple as you've taken a, a really hot bath or a warm bath. You know, you've soaked... You get out of the bath, you towel off, you grab your favorite oil, and you sit cross-legged if you can, and you massage your feet slowly. Firmly in some spots, if you feel like that pressure is is sending a tingling sensation to your clit, and, you know, like firmer um, circular motions, massage your toes, you know, so that you know what that feeling feels like from the big toe to the small toe. Massage in between your toes so you have that sensation. BJ, when I tell you it's a very orgasmic feeling, Mm. it's a soup, especially when your hands are slippery with oil and you rub all your fingers through your toes at the same time and pull them back up and then, and like press firmly. Miss uh... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I need a fan. <laughs> oh, man. So, look, but y'all the thing learning is like, shit, man. Right. It's crazy. And if you're able to do that for yourself, imagine how that would translate when you teach your partner to do that for you. Oh, and when wow, you when you wow, allow man. your partner to, to have that moment of control over your body where now they're massaging your feet, because you know it's always different. When you touch yourself versus when someone else touches you, it's, it's always different. But if you've learned to love yourself and you've learned – You've 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 learned your erogenous zones and not just the scripted ones. Imagine mm-hmm. how much more intense it'll be when you have a lover and you teach your lover those erogenous zones. All right, that was that was dope. That's something that everybody that that's something I feel like everybody should experience mm-hmm. for not only themselves but for their partners as well. That was very very intriguing. But we can't talk about that and what we got to talk about. So we might have to come <laughs> back to that one. All right. So the last question is, is, is physical, no, is physicality strict to touch? Is that just the literal term or is it just simply, I just want what I want? Hmm. Read it to me again. Maybe I'm not understanding it. Okay. So when you say physically, you know, Mm -hmm. as far as a physical touch, is it me, is it meant to be literal or is it simply I want what I want? Because a lot of times to feel things, it more so means that you want to feel like you're being paid attention to. You want attention. It, right. It's something else besides what is being communicated. So is it a literal thing or is it just you want something in particular that you just decide that you want it for yourself? I, I think it's a balance of both. I think there's it's there's a middle ground in between wanting what you want, but also wanting very much for it to be physical. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So here we are. We have um the uh the very first love language barrier breaker where you learn how to touch without using your hands, and hopefully um we'll be more creative with the other four love languages as we carry on and returning guests showing up and having to answer those questions. So thank you so much for being the guinea pig (laughs) can i just say something really quick on physical physical touch as well um Mm -hmm. physical touch doesn't let's say sometimes the physical touch is about your aura and not your actual physical body 
because I think sometimes like, you know, those interactions between yourself and your partner, like it could be something as simple as you're washing dishes and your partner comes up behind you and they're not necessarily touching you or doing anything in a, in an overtly sexual way, but they're standing close enough to you that you can feel the heat from their body, Right. that you can feel the energy from their body. And when it sends, like it sends shivers down your spine and it, it makes, you know, the hairs on your skin stand up because you can, and you, and all you're doing is just hearing the person breathe. They're not even saying anything to you, Mm. but their aura and their energy translates into physical touch. Yeah, that's some Kama Sutra on a whole other. That's a nice level. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. That's a whole other, like tantric, tantric intimacy. And I know that's like a whole. We're, we're I'm not trying to like derail the conversation, but <laughs> right, right. Tantric intimacy. Yeah. Intense. Yeah, you're giving me a whole lot to talk about in some, <laughs> some future episodes. So I'm definitely taking notes as we continue to talk. But um, we're going to get into um today's topic, which um. I am here to discuss a, a condition that many people have that they are completely unaware of as a personal disorder. And oftentimes is used against people that they love for leverage, leeway, and self-exorbent. Um, we're going to talk about the N-word, but not nigger. We're talking about narcissism, right? And how it affects our women when you meet a man who he appears to be confident instead of full of himself with no additional room within to take a woman into consideration. And narcissism, um, by definition, is a personal disorder that begins when a person has an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration, and a lack of empathy for others. So the very first thing that was shocking to me, even though I should have known this, is that that is a disorder, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes deep-rooted. And in some cases, it made me adjust how critical I am of people I usually despise for being narcissistic, you know. Mm -hmm. So in doing this research, I was able to really educate myself on a few things. And, you know, this is why we're here today. So um, just give me an idea of what AJ thinks and feels about the ideas of narcissism. It definitely is. A mental health issue. Uh, the unfortunate thing is for the person who is narcissistic, you cannot tell them <laughs> that they have a mental health issue, interestingly enough, because that's part of the narcissism. They don't see that anything is wrong. Mm. Um, you know, and, and these individuals feel that they are entitled to behave the way that they do and get away with certain, you know, behaviors because there's no real justification for it. Like they'll, they'll make up whatever in their head or in their mind justifies the the treatment of others by saying, well, you know, it's not me, it's you. Um, They'll somehow flip the script to make it seem that whatever the issue or the problem is, it's a you problem and has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with them because they don't see the problem. Because they they are the problem, interestingly enough. Right, um, right. And the really interesting thing about narcissists is that they're so charming that you get so caught up and so swept up in their charm and them being so cavalier and charismatic that you are neck deep in the damage before you oftentimes realize what's going on. 
Mm. And even when you get to the point of realizing what's really and truly happening, they are so good and have you so wrapped and so wound that they are able to convince you that the issue is not them. The issue is you. And even if the issue is them, you've allowed it to go on for so long. Why are you complaining now? Wow. Yeah. Because it also makes me question how we see habits and character traits as just typically being who I am versus the possibility that narcissism is a small part of every human being without even knowing it because some of the traits of narcissism have small nuances of humanity. So it's like in those moments of a person saying like, you know, you know, you do X, Y or Z too much and a person will say, well, y'all know that I'm this way. I've been this way since God knows how long. And sometimes there's still no excuse for it, but they still feel as though because of how long they've been this way, it is somewhat okay or somewhat acceptable. Could that possibly be considered narcissism in a sense? Because it's still as though, even though you, well, no, because they don't never they don't never accept that they do anything wrong. So I guess that wouldn't be. No, because the the difference is it's like I would accept it from someone who's younger and someone who's growing and still learning about themselves. It's mm-hmm. difficult for me to accept it as an adult who has experience in the world, as an adult who has engaged and in in, in interacted with people from different walks of life, as an adult who has children, as an adult who has been in one, two, three, five, ten, fifteen relationships, as an adult who's had adult relationships, as an adult who can actively make choices to do better, and as an adult where you are the common denominator because ten different people have told you the same thing. Your response cannot continue to be, well, this is just how I am. Mm. If you're the common denominator, you have an obligation to do better and not cop out by saying, well, this is just how I am. If everybody in the world said, this is just how I am, do you know how fucking archaic our society would be? Yeah, right, right, right. But you have an obligation, like, and especially if these are people that you say that you love, you have an obligation to do better. It's it's it, think of it as one of those episodes of like um uh intervention where the person's addicted to drugs, they're destroying their life, they're destroying the lives of people around them, and finally this group of people who love and care about you come together to say, You're hurting yourself, you're hurting us, we need you to do something about this. We need you to do better because everybody's tired of this situation. It's a slap and a and spit in the face when they turn and say, well, you know, I like being like this. This is just how I am. That's just too bad for you guys. You're just going to have to deal with it. They right, don't have to right, deal with right. it. The, the mm. additional choice is for them to say, you know what? Fuck it. If you're going to choose to be that way and not honor us as the way that we honor you, then we have the choice to leave. We have the choice to walk away. We have the choice to no longer be part of this situation or part of your life or part of whatever it is that you're doing. The problem right. with people who are narcissistic is they just don't feel like anybody's ever going to walk away from them. And then when someone walks away from them because of the behavior, especially someone who has spoken to them about it time and time again, they're somehow hurt. By, they're hurt by it. So I have to laugh because that's just bizarre to me. If I tell you that you're doing something that's hurting me on a consistent and regular basis, and the only thing that you can think to say to me is, well, this is just how I am. You clearly don't love me enough to even try to do better. Yeah, true. 
True. True. E- even lie to me and tell me that you're going to try to do better. I would even accept the lie than for you to just say to me, this is just how I am and I'm not going to change. And if you have a problem, well, that's your problem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now for women, you know, narcissism without knowledge has been promoted and romanticized by women who tend to like cocky men because it has mm-hmm. appeal and it represents a man who sometimes has his shit together. But by the time you realize that it was way too late and too much time is lost, you realize that a sizable part of your life has been lost to a man who is aggressive, who's not just aggressively confident, but very much full of himself. And in that process of romanticizing his cockiness and, you know, how aggressive he is and commandeering he may be, you're shedding a lot of the defenses that you would typically have of somebody you would question because it's almost like you believe what this narcissist is saying to you. You you don't you don't find yourself questioning anything about what he's presenting to you in this moment. And it's not until the very end where you've like you've been torn apart that now you question how you got lost or lost in this particular individual. Like what kind of woman should be, no, that's not, that's not even a question I want to ask just yet, but what can you do as a woman who encounters a narcissist? What can you do to prevent losing yourself by the charm that usually comes with the narcissist? I think one of the most important things is to listen to the people around you because sometimes you're so entrenched in shit that you can't see the shit that you're entrenched in. Mm, True. And a lot of times the people who love you the most, who have the best intention for you, see it plain as day. And they'll, I don't want to say warn, but they'll, they'll, they'll warn you. They'll alert you to it. And, and it may be even the gentle, you know, alert that's like, you know, there's something about him that doesn't sit well with me, not necessarily saying to you that you need to ditch that person, but they're letting you know that something about that individual doesn't sit well in their soul. Mm-hmm. And especially if the person who loves you is saying this to you and they, you've never heard them say this about another person, you need to pay it, pay attention to it, you know? If it's your best friend, if it's your aunt, if it's whoever it is that you trust, if that person can see clearly what what you are blinded to, you sometimes need to just sit still and hear what that person is saying to you. Because a lot of times when we're entrenched in the shit, we can't see the shit that we're entrenched in. Right. Because I realize as adults, um, one of the most confusing things is confidence, because a lot of things that we're sure of is almost like a confirmation of moving forward. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the things that we're sure of is also letting us know that we're comfortable in things being a certain way. Usually when you're challenged is when it's more healthier, is more substantial, and there's a potential growth that could come from the exchange. But usually when we're like positive, very early on it just puts us into a high gear and a a very fast and you know rapid forward motion to move things along so like usually when i tell when i tell myself i like a person you know in any way i usually dial back and say well let me make sure that this is what 
I'm truly feeling. Let me kind of pick mm-hmm. this thing apart before I go full on into, you know, potentially meeting or being involved with a narcissist because you never know, like this person can be very charming and be very witty as well. And they can kind of navigate your feelings better than you because you're the only person in the relationship in question Mm -hmm. or questioning something. So like that is a very slick um, tactic that we will have to like be a very, be very attentive to because you never know who you're talking to or dealing with. Mm. But narcissists, they know who to attack. They they know who to go after. The narcissists never go after the ones who are, are super perceptive, the ones who are super confident, the ones who are super sure about themselves. And sometimes they do. And when they hit that, that wall, they rally back. Narcissistic individuals know who to go after. They go after the ones who are just building their self-confidence. They're going after the ones who maybe just come out, have just come out of a damaging relationship. They go after the ones who are trying to build themselves, find themselves, recreate themselves, the ones who are going through weight loss, the ones who are going through, you know, changes with their hair and, and, and trying to identify with one thing or another. Those are the people that narcissists target because there's an open window for them to get through. Mm. And they come in through that window and sometimes right through the front door under the guise of being that support for you that you didn't have. And God, let them be a little bit cute. Oh my goodness me. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're, they're coming with all their strength because it is like, you know, here I am, this good looking man. And I'm coming to you as a woman who, you know, may not be the best looking or you're trying to find yourself or you're trying to do this and do that. And you're on to come up and, you know, you're struggling or whatever. But I'm interested in you because it's authentic and, and it's genuine. No, they're coming after you because it's easy. You're an yeah. easy target. You're fragile. Mm. You're fragile. Absolutely. You know, and you're looking for someone to see you and they see you. But what they're seeing in you is what they can take advantage of. What they're seeing in you is how they can get over. What they're seeing in you is what you can do for them. Mm. That's what they're seeing. Wow. And sometimes because we desire love so desperately, sometimes because we desire that companionship so desperately, sometimes because we want to be on the level with our friends to say that we have a man, to say that we have a good looking man, to say that we have a, we're in a relationship, to say that this person is interested in me where they could be interested in a hundred other women where we can say that, you know, there's all these women chasing him, but he chose me. We, we put those blinders on and, and blind ourselves to what the truth is wow! and and he will hurt us and take advantage of us and we will make every excuse under the sun to say well no that's not what he meant or no that's not what he really did maybe he meant he meant to do this instead but it just didn't work out that way Nasus, <laughs> what he did is exactly what he meant to do because to he do? knows if he tells you sorry in the right way and maybe licks and sucks on your pussy a little bit and gives you a couple of kisses that you'll forgive him hmm but he doesn't go nowhere with you in public. He doesn't wow. go nowhere with you in broad daylight. He doesn't take you around anybody he knows. He doesn't show you off. That's not by chance. That's by design. That man is interested in you because he sees something that he can get from you. So is it is it very limited to what they actually want? Because in my mind, and just thinking of the positioning of a narcissist like it's not very much that you can gain from the weak 
in this particular instance because they're not they're not solely focused on the things that the narcissist already has like they're they're actually looking at more internal than the actual external but usually when you find a narcissist taking advantage of somebody is for the external things that they kind of like i guess they get seated or they have seated through manipulating the internal like does that is that a thing because i don't i don't necessarily mm -hmm. see how a guy who has everything in his potential power to manipulate a person well wow that is narcissism hold on i'll give you a perfect example charles manson mm. charles manson had people kill people on his behalf he didn't have to lift a single finger he convinced these people to do his bidding he convinced these people that you know, he had some sort of divinity. He and he he was like he was convincing, but he looked for the weak. He looked for the vulnerable. He looked for the scared. He looked for the ones who didn't have anybody, and gave them a family, gave them a place, gave them purpose, gave them community, gave them love, gave them attention, gave them kindness. He fed their souls, and that's what narcissists do. They look for an in. Mm. wow yeah i guess the, yeah i guess that is what i was kind of like getting to that was a perfect example um we're going to get into the kind of the breakdown of men and women whenever they encounter each other in this space there is a part of a relationship where women have made sacrifices for men in terms of their dreams or the blueprint that they've had for their own life once married and with children can it be considered narcissistic to completely subside your life expectations um for the sake of a man due to the traditions and submissions of a relationship because we still can't completely justify why our women can't achieve their goals respectively while still being a wife and mother other than the distraction it creates for a man while he is living out what he believes to be his purpose and dream so is that considered a narcissistic trait to expect a woman to completely put aside her dream and blueprint for her life in order to be fulfilling to you as a man. Absolutely. So look at it from a business perspective. If she has a business idea and you have a business that's in already in full swing, why is it that you can't support her business idea? It doesn't threaten you. It doesn't threaten your business idea. Mm -hmm. it, it's building wealth between your fa and your family. It's helping to build generational wealth. It's helping to support your woman. It's helping to support your wife. It's helping to support a woman that you love. It's helping her to do better. It's helping her to grow. It's helping her to learn. It's helping her to be, you know, to have something that's her own within the space of your marriage that's a collective. So how could that possibly be threatening? Hmm. It's threatening because you won't have control over her, but why would you need to have control over her? Yeah, it's yeah. threatening because, you know, she may end up doing the things that you do, which is going to long business meetings where, you know, she can't take a call from you and be at your beck and call. Where she may have to go on a business trip and you don't necessarily know who she's going with, but, you know, it's OK. I'm, I'm with Ted and Bill from the office, so we're OK. Now she's with Jean and Maxine from the office or from her office. So what's the problem? Right, right, right. Yeah. 
It's narcissistic because they don't have control and narcissists need to have control. They need to know what you're doing, when you're doing, when you're doing it, who you're doing with, doing it with, and how long it's going to take. Because any time taken away from anything that they want to do is time taken away from them. And they're not going to have that. Or they'll, they'll concede and be like, okay, well, fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. You know, I'll just be here. And then they, they pile on the guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if you're in a relationship and, and the point of the relationship is to build and to grow together, why would her having a business threaten you in any way, shape, or form? I'd be like, shit, let's get this. <laughs> right, right. We're right. building an empire together. Mm. Yeah. I- I'm not an adage to your empire. I'm I'm not a sidebar to whatever it is that you want to do and build and achieve. I'm not just arm candy or eye candy. The point of a relationship is that it's a partnership. Right. You should want to see your woman succeed. You should want to see her grow. You should be supportive of that. And the only reason I can think of that a man would not be is because it threatens him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For you guys that are listening, um, of course, you know, we're talking about narcissistic personality disorder. And some of the signs and symptoms of this and the severity of the symptoms vary. People with this disorder can have an exaggerated sense of self-importance, have a sense of entitlement and require constant excessive admiration, expect to be recognized as superior, even without achievements that warrant it, exaggerate their achievements and talents, be preoccupied with their own fantasy about success, power, brilliance, beauty, and even a partner or mate believe that they are superior and can only associate with the likes of other special superior people monopolize your conversations and belittle you or look down on people that they perceive to be inferior that you associate with expect special favors and unquestioning comp i I mean there's so many things that you can Mm -hmm. you know name um but at the same time people with this disorder have trouble handling anything they perceive as criticism and they can they can become impatient or angry when you don't, you know, give them, you know, their special treatments, having significant interpersonal problems and easily feel slighted. They react with rage and contempt and try to belittle the other person. Um, there's so many things that you need to invest in um, educating yourself on if, in fact, you are dealing with a narcissist. And uh, one of the things that even as a man dealing with another narcissist that bothers me most is that usually the inflated sense of importance never really means shit. (laughs) Like that's what bothers me. You know, it's like, it never really means shit. And I'm, it never manifests into anything. It's just just talk. Yeah. It's like, it's never any, anything substantial that you can either take to a bank or any other, you know, potential investor or anything it's just you believing Mm -hmm. that what you have and who you are is more significant than what it truly is to the rest of the world so um it's important for us to talk to women about the possibilities of them dealing with narcissistic men is because there's a chance that you show up to a good man a humble man and misconceive his confidence or miss you know understand how he presents himself as this upright, humble, sometimes sure himself for the right reasons. Like you misconceive what he's trying to communicate because you're familiar with a guy who challenges everything 
that you believe and sometimes belittle you to make you feel much smaller than what you truly are. So that's a barrier in dating that we have to address. So what kind of woman can actually love a narcissistic man? Man, a woman with the patience of Joe. Because, <laughs> brother, <laughs> like, I, I will tell you, my, my sister was married and in a relationship, married, was in a relationship in, with and then married a narcissistic man. And they were together a little over 10 years. 10 years, one child. He had a an, another child from a, a previous relationship. And when I tell you that she she had patience at boy, if I could even have a third of the patience that she had, because I was like, bitch, you need to leave. <laughs> and like he like he was just all the way crazy. And he would make up these these stories and these fantasies in his head or try to convince her that what she knew wasn't factual. So for example, a woman called her phone and said, Oh, I'm pregnant with your man's child. And my sister is like, huh? So this girl sends proof. And when she confronts her husband, he's going to look her in her face and tell her that girl's lying. So she and I are having this conversation now and I point out certain things to her or I even say to her, do you remember when you guys got married XYZ happened? And she's like, yeah, but I just thought it was, you know, and, you know, we were going to church and I was praying for him and the pastor said, you know, if we continue to just pray, you know, and things, and, and she, she had lover to death. She had every excuse under the sun for this man's crazy behavior. And one day we sat down and had a conversation, maybe about two years ago, where she actually, somebody said to her, your husband sounds like a narcissist. And she's like, I always thought narcissists were people who were just into themselves. And she started doing research on narcissistic personality disorder. And I remember she called me and she's like, Verz, that's what she calls me. She's like, Verz, he has narcissistic personality disorder. And I was like, guy, really? <laughs> You're just doing this now? You know, and she still stayed. She still stayed because of her commitment to the relationship, because of her commitment to God, because of her commitment to the church, because she thought she could handle it, because she figured if she loved him enough and prayed hard enough that he would get better or do better. And I had to say to her, the only way he's going to do better is if he wants to do better. And he figures you've stayed this long, so you're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it would be things like he, you know, he knew she had to go somewhere and he'd take the car and say, oh, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. And 20 minutes would turn into four hours. And so whatever she had to do, she couldn't do because he's gone with the car. Wow. wow. Or she would say, oh, she's interested in starting this business. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. And we're going to do that. Never came to anything. Never came to fruition. There was always some excuse and some, you know what I mean? She'd say she wants to go away on vacation. He's like, yeah, we're going to do that. And next thing he's like, oh, I have to go home. I bought a ticket. I'm leaving tomorrow because something's wrong with my mom. Nothing's wrong with his mother. <laughs> nothing more than it's a control thing, you know? Um, so after everything was said and done, interestingly enough, I was, I was on my way to, uh, um, a Jamaican party with a friend of mine. And as I'm crossing the parking lot, my ex-brother-in-law 
is walking towards me. And I was like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. here comes the bugger excuses and the bugger explanation. Mm-hmm. So he's like, oh, you know, I just want to talk to you. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, oh, you know, just want to explain to you my side of things and, you know, true Ray Ray and this and that. And, and I'm just standing there listening. I'm like, I got to go inside because time's running and I've already paid for my tickets. So, yeah. Because you you can't convince me of nothing. Like, I've seen you. I've seen the way that you've acted. I've seen, like, just, <laughs> yeah, it's narcissistic people will have you thinking that you are out of your mind and what you think and what you feel is not real. Mm. And and they're, they're, they're good at the manipulation. They're good. And, and even if you're not married to them, they're good at the, mani- the manipulation to the point where they will have you throwing your hopes and dreams to the side to support theirs under the belief that once they reach, they're going to bring you with them. They don't have no intention of doing that shit. Once they reach, their intention is to have you keep supporting them and keep putting your dreams and hopes on the back burner. Yeah, that's why I tell people to never do that. Like, I I don't care relationship or not, mother or not, wife or not. Mm -hmm. Like, you are to never subside yourself for any type of relationship, whether that be yep. um, a relationship with a breadwinner. Because things things that tend to fall under breadwinner sometimes can be narcissistic because you feel like you have the financial means to dictate to another person how they're supposed to feel, think, and behave. Like, there's a, um, there's a huge misconception that um, it's just a character trait or a character flaw that you're dealing with with people when certain relationships do not work but what you're actually experience is you're experiencing a a narcissist you're experiencing a a narcissistic like disorder of a sense and this is one of the only things that you can research as far as like treatment that they'll suggest therapy but even therapy doesn't work or can potentially not work because of this ingrained perception of self, you know, importance and inflated personality. So like it's it's a possibility that a lot of women have been hurt by narcissistic men, you know, and it's hard for you to transition out of that that space in your life to to see and be a part of a relationship with a person a lot more humble, a lot more, you know, understanding to your needs and your ideas because you've been trained to put yourself aside for so long that you don't know how to recognize yourself when you meet the person that you're actually meant to entertain and be with. So this Uh is a very difficult thing, you know, of course, for women to understand right off because you would have to go over so many details to figure out who you've dealt with or who you're dealing with to understand what this is. But um, it's definitely important for us to encourage our women to do that research because you don't have no, you don't have that much time to waste at this point. But, but you know what though, a lot of times it's right in front of us and we just choose to mm-hmm. ignore it because sad to say a lot of us, we have this belief that we can love a man into doing better. We can love a man into changing, that we're going to be the one to change them or we're going to be the one that they're going to treat differently. And it's, it's not a knock on us or our ability to love or love or any of those things. It's that, per- and, and that's the part that's maybe 
hard for us to swallow that bitter pill, but we, we have to stop taking it as a knock on our ability. It has nothing to do with right, our ability right, or inability. Right. It has nothing to do with us in any way, shape or form. It's not about us. It's about that person, you know? But again, like I said, a lot of times where, you know, especially the women who are, are, are vulnerable when they pick us, that, that good looking guy with the swagger and dresses nice and has the great job and the, this, that, and the third, when they pick us, Especially when we're at a low point and feeling like nobody likes us, we don't look good, no one's attracted to us, no one's going to see us for who we are, and this, that, and the third. When they pick us, we feel like we've hit the fucking jackpot. Like, we've hit that, I know y'all, you guys have it, what's it called, Powerball? Mm-hmm. Something, something? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's, what, that's what we feel like, you know, oh my God, how did I get so lucky? And you'll hear women literally say things like that. How did I get so lucky to find a guy like you? Wow. They never they never stop and think to themselves, like, you know, is this actually a healthy relationship for me? So even when he takes digs at her, like, oh, you know, if you just put yourself together a little bit better, da 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 we actually take that on, like, you know, he's right. You know, maybe if I put a little bit of makeup on, or maybe if I did that. No, he's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody he's not right. He doesn't have the right to say that to you. And he's not right in any way, shape, or form. Because you do you do you know? have to question like why would a person who appears to be so well put together will choose you and your inconsistency for whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. stuck with in that particular moment? Because that's the only way for him to maintain his consistency is if he's also partnered with somebody just as if not more consistent than he is. So you would have to definitely mm-hmm. ask yourself, like, what is this really about? If you feel lucky to have a person better than you or that you see as better than you that means there's more work for you to do on yourself you should always see yourself as an equal like no matter what so i really think that this was a very important conversation because we don't really consider the possibility of us having one any traits of narcissism because like i said it's like it's so like nuanced because it does have different traits of humanity and it can be confused as confidence self-worth and all of the things that we try to pride ourselves on but um just for our women to uh, move forward in their thinking and their abilities to love i just want you to consider that to be a possibility that you may have dated a few and this is what is holding you up from receiving a good guy because um i've definitely dated women who were involved with men that appear to be you know narcissists and it was just like the the struggle was just too much for even me to um be understanding to what you may have truly went through because it's like i can't love you while you're depriving me you know so definitely consider that you know that is a possibility for a lot of us men and women there are some women narcissists as well you know it's not to say oh, for sure that is just men is also women you know but of course that's not what we're here to talk about today so um i really appreciate you for stopping through and giving us your expertise on such a very touchy subject that um i hope you guys that are listening will take back to your independent circles and have these conversations with your women friends as well so thank you so much can i just say one yep. thing before we yep. go go ahead if you're if you're on a self journey and somebody comes into your life that you're not ready for that you know genuinely and sincerely that you're not ready for, don't derail your self journey for that person. 
that person can be your friend if they're not willing to be your friend and forcing a relationship on you or forcing relationship talk on you. That's a clear indication that that person is not for you. Because if you say to someone that you're on a journey to better yourself and you're not ready for a relationship and they don't hear that, that person's not in support of what it is that you're trying to do for yourself. If you know you're not ready, don't engage in a relationship with someone just because that opportunity presents itself. Listen to me. What did they say? The devil sends tests all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to say that, and um, one of the things that I try to remove from you know my own vocabulary to kind of humanize um, myself and others is there are possible chances of a lifetime, but you don't necessarily know if that's what it is because you haven't lived your complete life yet. So don't put mm-hmm. such, don't put things on such a high pedestal that you make yourself believe that even in these moments, it was something that you didn't deserve, or it was something that just ironically or mysteriously happened that was out of your reach to potentially happen again because this is one of the biggest mistakes that we make that because we haven't had this one thing at any other point that we believe we have to react to it happening in that very moment because it may not happen Uh again whatever is meant for you is meant for you no matter how many times it showed up previously so respect yourself in that way and understand that the chance of a lifetime is to be determined because you still have a whole lot of life to live you don't know if that one thing it could show up six or seven times it could show up while you have what you need already you know it's based on what you manifest so um definitely like take heed to her saying don't derail your journey journey for nobody you know because that's the most important part of who um who you become you're developing in that space so um definitely take those things into consideration all right we done with slapping y'all upside y'all head (laughs) (laughs) oh geez it was it was a gentle yeah it It was (laughs) i would like to think it was a gentle beating yeah because we could (laughs) have definitely went into statistics and all of those things but that's not you know, my intent is to just, you know, kind of give like awareness and, you know, open eyes to the possibilities. I don't want to be that guy like, you know, this is what society tells us because that's not always your circumstance, you know, but definitely right. do your research, find out who you're dealing with, um, know yourself and the person that you lay next to, um, do your due diligence to make sure that you're in the most healthy and constructive situation possible. That's all this that this conversation is. And to make you aware that some people that you love can very well be narcissistic. That's it. You know? So, give them your information one more time so that they can follow up with you on their own time after hearing this if they just so happen to want to follow and hear more from Badass Jones. <laughs> so, uh, you can find me. My podcast is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. Uh, streaming on Apple, uh, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Castbox, uh, iHeartRadio. There's also video, um, video 
episode, sorry, on my YouTube channel by the same name, the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. Um, you can follow me on my social media on Twitter and Instagram, the Pum Pum Chronicles. And you can also follow my personal page at badass underscore Jones underscore. If you want to get in contact with me, you can do it one of two ways. Uh, my email address is the Pum Pum Chronicles at gmail.com. Or you can hit my call in line, which is 320 320- Two seven zero ten eighty six. All right. Make sure you heed to all of those different ways to reach her. If you would like to reach the host of Teach Me How to Love You Better, you can do that at DergoBJ. That is D E R G O B J on Twitter. The subject change on Instagram. You can send me an email at loveletters one one five at gmail dot com. That is for this show exclusively. Um, if you would like to send in questions, comments, topics, suggestions, or even want to be a guest. You can definitely send an email to loveletters115 at gmail.com. And I also have a hotline, which is called the CTS hotline for the primary show. Change the subject, but you can use that for this as well. It is 313-652-0220. Let's continue to further these conversations. Let me know what you thought about this episode. If you agree or disagree with anything that you heard, um, I'm open to it and we can, you know, keep the dialogue going. But Otherwise, this has concluded the most recent lesson that we're going to title the N-word that is featured or taught to us by Badass Jones of the Poom Poom Chronicles podcast. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace and blessings. And please, please, please stay safe. Talk to you soon.